Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 11. And I'm up here at the top of the hill, up past my usual Zen spot. And one reason is that it is really, really hot. I, like an idiot, started hiking up this mountain at high noon. I should find some Gary Cooper whistling music there. High noon, I started going up this mountain in my little sun hat with the full sun coming at my back. And oh my goodness, it was so hot. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never really blows. I'm letting go. Now, usually I'm a, a definite nine to five sleeper, so I'm up usually early, hitting the mountain before seven, so it's not too bad, not too hot. But my husband and I got the Blu-ray DVDs of Game of Thrones because we don't have regular television, and so we got all enthralled with the ending episodes and couldn't help ourselves. So I was up way past midnight and slept in this morning. But I wanted to come up here to, to talk to you, my audience, and, and tell you about something. And so I thought, I'll just, I'll just come on up here. So up here at my upper Zen place is great. And if you go to our show notes at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day11, you'll see the photo of me lying flat on my back <laughs> under the tree, looking up at the beautiful canopy and the sky below it. It's a very peaceful, wonderful spot and a great place to speak with you. Now you might say, What's on your mind, Lori, that you came up in this middle of the hot day to your upper Zen place and suffered the slings and arrow of sweating your guts out <laughs> as you came up here since you are over 50 and prone to this? Well, you probably don't know this, but I get the raging hot and cold flashes. I get them both. So that's also a, a struggle that I have. But I had to do something that was kind of sad for me. Now, I talked to you about my uncle, and that is grief. I miss my uncle. That is true grief. This, though, is still an impactful thing for me. And this is about my other podcast, Daily Adventure Tales. And to communicate with you what this means to me, I kind of have to go back in time and tell you how Daily Adventure Tales came to be. Once upon a time, I had lots of different jobs and careers, teaching and technical writing and consulting and speaking and website design and all kinds of stuff. For the last 11 years prior to retirement, I was a corporate database developer, forms programmer and project manager type in a corporate mutual fund company in downtown Los Angeles. Meetings, committees, uh, nice retirement pension, all kinds of things your corporate life. Well, lo and behold, I got into a pretty bad bicycle accident, got some brain issues going on from a concussion. I was knocked out from it. My brain had some stuttering and headache issues and just kinds of things that, that lasted some time. And I still have a little bit, but I'm much, much better now. Also, my face had been cut in half somewhat especially through my lips, and so I found it really hard to speak clearly any longer. And I felt really strange being in a corporate meeting, bursting into tears and stuttering like Daffy Duck. <laughs> so my husband and I, even though my job was very, very supportive of me 
and appreciated my work. My husband and I felt it's time for you, Lori, to retire and just kind of take it easy and rebuild your health. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. But I tell you, this decision came. My husband and I talked about it the beginning of a September a few years ago. And I was out by the end of that September. So it was like within two weeks, I went from corporate America to stay at home. I don't know what. But the first year we remodeled our house, so that took care of that for keeping me busy, toting all of my things from one room to another while all of our contractors were in and out of our life. And I would have to make sure the cats were barricaded in one room or another as, as bathrooms were torn up and new flooring put in and all of the things that go with that. Well, I absolutely love what we did to our home, and that was pretty interesting, stressful but interesting. But it still wasn't who I was. And also with my kitchen torn up, that tended to get me into the eat out a lot, don't pay attention to what you're eating mode, and kind of got me back into that very comfortable, oh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I wasn't wearing my tight business clothes. I was wearing kind of loose clothes while I was going through the house remodel. Fast forward another year, and there I am. I, I don't know who I am anymore. So I started going to the Y, and I started going on hikes with my recorder, well, actually with my iPhone, and practiced speaking into it, met other people. Someone said, you know what, you should do a podcast. And I thought, you know what, I should. So I started Daily Adventure Tales. And it started out, my intention was it not just to be about me. It was about me and all the new things I was trying, small things, big things, little things, all kinds of things from eating new vegetables, trying new recipes, building up the guts to ask strangers to tell me their stories, going to a conference, doing all kinds of things that I hadn't done for a long time or had never done. But my purpose was to try to inspire other people who had also gone through a crisis of identity. And that might not necessarily be because you retired, it might be that your kids went to college or you have a breakup of a long-term relationship or you lost a job suddenly or you changed your career or you had to change your home. There's all kinds of reasons why you might feel lost in who you are. And one of the things that you can do about that is just to try small things. And I tried small things every day, hence daily adventure tales. Well, the show morphed into kind of a... a mini documentary about my husband, Mark, my friends, my fake son, Steve, and other people in my life. And I would have to personally go around and interview people all the time. I was hoping that listeners would be inspired to do their own adventures and call up our adventure hotline and come post their stories on our show notes and that we would become a community of co-adventurers together. And that's what I was really hoping for. But it didn't turn out that way. Daily Venture Tales is downloaded still. Like between 450 and 600 downloads a week from 118 countries and almost every state. We still don't have Wyoming. And I did see that somebody from Wyoming is downloading Compulsive Overeating Diaries. So thank you for that. We kind of had a joke, like no matter what we did with Daily Adventure Tales, we could be in Barbados, but we can't get those guys from Wyoming. <laughs> but let's put it this way. We have a lot of listeners. 
but they just like to listen. And that put a lot of pressure on me. It put a lot of pressure on me to come up with fun adventures, and it came up with not just for me to experience them, but for me to record them and to come up with a weekly show and to edit it all together. And I would have been more than happy to do it. I'd been delighted to do it if what I was editing was also my listeners' adventures, not just mine. Because then I would have bits of audio to put into a show that I didn't have to run out and get. I could put into a theme, and I could still have my adventures, and maybe I'd get some good adventure ideas from these people. But it didn't turn out that way. We started in September. We went through February. We gave it a good shot. We tried everything to make it easy for people to comment. And if it doesn't resonate in life, it just doesn't resonate. So today I did my last for now episode of Daily Adventure Tales and told them goodbye. While Mark and I think about what might we do with the format to make it fun for us again and to see if there's any need for it. We'll leave the website up and the show will still be there. So if any of you are interested, there's some really fun ones. I have to recommend listening to the Halloween episode. That one is one of my favorites and the Christmas episode and where we go find out all about beer from our relatives. There's another good one where I go to the farmer's market and my friend Linda does a little bit called What's Tasty. Go ahead, take a listen to some of those and feel free to comment. (laughs) You guys are nice commenters. But I I hope to come back with that. But it makes me feel sad and kind of like a failure that I put my heart and soul into my, my project, Daily Adventure Tales, and it didn't turn out the way I was hoping. So that brings me to today's topic for Compulsive Overeating Diary. Have any of you had something turn out a way that different than you were hoping? Maybe you were hoping for a romantic relationship that didn't pan out. Maybe you were hoping for a promotion that didn't pan out. Maybe you wrote a book and you couldn't find a home. Maybe you tried to cook a perfect cake and it fell. But there's those moments in life where things turn out differently than what you think. And my first thought is to cry. Like you might hear, I'm I'm really sad right now because I really did put my heart into Daily Adventure Tales. And it felt like a personal rejection that it just didn't take off like I would like. Now, am I not grateful? No, I, I am grateful. The fact that we had regular people downloading us all the time meant that somebody was enjoying it. But still, it felt, when I asked somebody just to say hi, and they couldn't take the time to even say hi, you know, do you hear that? I wonder if us compulsive eating people (laughs) have this issue where if people fail to meet our expectations, we feel this depth of disappointment that is a gaping hole in us. My friend Cheryl is saying something about that, and, and maybe it's true. Maybe I didn't have the artistic perspective on that project to step back and say it is what it is and just be happy, look at your download numbers and stop trying to turn it into other people talking to you. You know, Maybe it just wasn't the right format for that. Maybe it just wasn't the right project. So that being said, Fia, New Zealand, and Tracy in Pennsylvania, and Ava from British Columbia, 
and Lou from Down Under, my friend Cheryl and Dee, and Merce, and those of you who have taken time on Compulsive Overeating Diary to stop by iTunes, stop by my show notes, stop by Facebook, to say hello, say you're listening. It meant so much to me. You guys have helped me so much to think about who am I? And you've given me courage that even if nobody ever says hello again, I have the courage to speak to you like you're still there. You know, like when you have little kids. I, I don't have kids, but <laughs> I've heard like little kids when you leave the room, when they're real little, they don't understand that you're going to come back. To them, you're really gone. <laughs> That's why they have the separation anxiety. For me, being a podcaster, to speak my heart out week after week after week, and have nothing come back. I was like the little kid in the room with the separation anxiety, crying for mommy and daddy. Come back, where are you? And you guys, right away, you came to say hello. So now I've got it back to feel a little bit pathetic. And my friend Cheryl posted an interesting comment. Why should we as humans feel embarrassed about feeling pathetic? We're meant to be social creatures. We're not meant to live alone. We're meant to be in fellowship with one another. And I guess part of my issues was growing up, now we hear about childhood obesity all the time, and I'm sad about those huge numbers. But it's also true, when I was growing up, I was alone in that issue in my community. I lived in a fairly small town, small area out in the Boontulis of Washington State. I was it. I was the fat kid. You know, when you see the movies and there's always the fat kid, who's that? That's the last pick to P.E. That's the one that's fallen down, can't keep up. That's who that is. I went through a lot of bullying and a lot of other issues growing up as a fat kid. And so I put up a real big guard, and it makes it hard for me to connect. So the few friends that I have... I tend to stick with. They're good friends, but I I don't, I make, let's put it this way, I make good acquaintances easily. When I'm out in public, I can be pretty funny and cheerful, and you've heard that from me too on this podcast. I can be funny and cheerful, what my husband calls on, and attract acquaintances, but I'm very guarded at letting people know the real me because I've always had this fear when people got to know the real me warts and all, they leave, and that's happened too. That, and that happens to a lot of people, I guess. But I took it personally. I let you in, and you didn't respond. And so besides the physical wall of fat, I've talked about not fitting in seats before, but having a physical wall of fat on your body gives you a, a buffer zone people really can't get as close to you because you take more space. So they they have to stay a little further away from you when speaking to you, sitting by you. They have to keep their distance. And in our society, people tend to keep a little more social distance. Now remember, I've been really fat and I've been very thin. I've been both for different periods of time. And people absolutely treated me differently 
when I was a normal size than they do even today. And I'm not as big as I was. I, at my biggest, I was a little over 300 pounds. And at over 300 pounds, it was like I ceased to exist except as being a blob in people's way, literally. My husband and I went to a nice town in, called Solvang. It's like a Danish village. And we were walking down the street and I was wearing Bermuda shorts and some kids came up to me and just started harassing me about how I didn't have any right to live. I, I, how dare I show my legs to people in public that they were sickened by me, that I was a monster. And I've never told anyone that story. And I'm sure that others out have that kind of story too. But that's the kind of stuff. I go out, I'm just enjoying myself. And things like that would happen. <laughs> I go, why? I'm a nice person. I don't go out and treat people badly. So I had to grit a bigger, tougher skin. And so I'm wondering if part of my reverting to overeating isn't that feeling exposed, like if you took the shell off the turtle. You know, what if I'm the naked turtle <laughs> when I'm thin? What if someone comes up to me and I don't feel protected? What if they don't like me and it's not because I'm fat? God, that sends a shiver down my spine. What if they just don't like me? You know, just like Daily Avenger tells, what if they just didn't feel like commenting on the show? What if they just didn't? But I took that in as personal. I wanted them to comment on the show. Just like I want you to comment on the show. Though this time I think it is a little bit different. I want you to comment on this show and tell me your stories so that you can be an inspiration for others or we can have a communication to bring more topics to mind. Because one of my fears is what if I'm up here on the top of the mountain and I can't think of a darn thing to say? And I know that some of you have communicated with me that this is a helpful thing for you as well as me. And I've got a lot of episodes to get through because I've got a long ways to go before I'm dealing with my maintenance time. Even if I'm successful with dropping my calories, I have to say at this point, being 55 years old almost, and having been a compulsive overeater or having this issue for over 50 years, I do not believe that I'm ever going to be over it. I think I'm always going to be dealing with it. And some days I'm going to be dealing with it more effectively for my other life goals than I will be on other days. But that's what I believe in my heart. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Honestly, I don't. But that's how I feel about this disease, compulsive overeating and binge eating disorder. Is It's something in me that I can learn to deal with effectively. For me, this is true. And if for some of you, you deal with this slightly maybe, or not as much, or for not so long, and you can either go to therapy or, or work within yourself to become an intuitive eater and to have a natural, good relationship with, fo- with food, no one would be happier for you than me. Nobody. But I could see that I could be doing these podcasts for a very, very long time. And I think I will do them for as long as it's helping me. Just imagine, 
Did you hear how sad I was? Could you imagine how many chips and how much ice cream it would take to stuff the hole of sadness that I had today without you there? Anyway, I hope I hope next episode I have another great victory or positive spin. But if I don't, I don't. I promised you warts and all. Today I'm feeling a little bit warty. Just call me froggy. <laughs> but I am proud of myself that I climbed up the mountain even in the gosh darn heat. It's nice to sit under the tree. It's nice to think that I do have people I can talk to. And that's you. So until next time, take care of yourself. I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Stop.